0: Hey guys, this is Jeff Stanek with Figured Out Baseball. We've got a great Figured Out Baseball podcast today that I'm very, very excited for. We're being joined today by Andy Stankowitz, who's currently the head coach at Grand Canyon University, a Division I school uh, in Arizona in the Western Athletic Conference. He is also a former major leaguer. Uh, which is uh, just a a cool combination just the things that he's done. I'd love to give you his background here before we jump into questions with him so you know a little bit more uh, about Coach Stankiewicz. Uh, He is a Cerritos, California native, and we've had several Cerritos, California natives on the program before, which also is uh, kind of a cool thing we might get into later. In high school, he was a 26-round draft pick by the Royals out of St. Paul High School in Santa Fe Springs, California, but he turned that down to go play collegiately at Pepperdine University, Division I school in Malibu, California. He was drafted as a junior in the 18th round by the Tigers, decided to come back for his senior year where he graduated in 1986. He was drafted as a senior in the 12th round by the Yankees. He made his major league debut in April of 1992. He ended up playing middle infield uh, for in the major leagues for the Yankees. In 1992 and 93, played for the Astros in 1994, and 95, played for the Expos in 1996, and 97, played for the Diamondbacks in 1998 before uh, calling it a career. In 2004 and 2005, he got into coaching uh, for the first time at uh, at, at least at, at this high of a level. He managed the Staten Island Yankees, the single A affiliate for the Yankees, in those couple of seasons. In 2006, he spent one year working as a scout for the Yankees. 2000, the spring of 2007, he took his first uh, dive into collegiate baseball. From 2007 until 2009, he was an assistant coach at Arizona State University. In those three years that he was there, the team advanced to the College World Series twice. He coached 29 Major League draft picks in those three seasons, including three first-rounders. In the fall of 2009, he joined the Seattle Mariners to be a minor league field coordinator. He was there until 2011. In the summer of 2011, he accepted the head coaching job at Grand Canyon. 2012 was his first year coaching as the head coach at Grand Canyon University. At that time, the team was a Division II team. In 2013, his second year there, the team won 40 games, went to the Division II World Series. Then in 2015, only their second year after transitioning to Division I, Grand Canyon won the Western Athletic Conference regular season title, which is a pretty amazing feat only the second year of being Division I. Uh, the team won, the, the team, his teams have won the Western Athletic Conference regular season title three times since transitioning to Division I. In 2013, 17, and 18, Coach Stankwitz was named Conference Coach of the Year. He's had 17 players drafted uh, since taking over at Grand Canyon. He's also spent several summers coaching for USA Baseball's collegiate national team and two seasons managing the 18U Team USA team. Uh, It's unbelievable background, a great resume. Coach Stankowitz, we're so thankful for you being on the podcast with us today. Jeff,
1: happy to be on. Um, Thanks, Thanks for having me.
0: I like to usually start with something from the bio that stands out. And for you, there are a lot of different places that I feel like we could get into this. But I'd actually like to ask you first, uh, just a, as a guy that was uh, listed as a major leaguer at 5'9", 165, uh, you obviously had some very intriguing tools to be drafted three times. And uh, that's something that I think you hear a lot about on social media right now. Uh, just in, in today's game, that you've, you've got to be, you know, as big strong and fast as as possible now for you i'm kind of curious i'm actually maybe gonna answer ask a different question you maybe would have expected but with um I know you, you stole a lot of bases in college. You stole a good number of bases in the major leagues. I'm kind of curious when you were drafted by the Royals out of high school. That was the time, if I'm not mistaken, when they were drafting guys that could really, really run, almost trying to put like track athletes on the field. They thought they could really win that way in the 80s. Um was that something that the Royals talked to you about? If you recall that, did they talk to you just about how they thought your skill set really fit their organization well at that time? And, and if and if they did, was it intriguing for you to potentially sign out of high school? Um, yeah, that's, that is an interesting question. That's the first time I've probably ever gotten it, Jeff. So, congrats to you. <laughs>
1: uh, I, I was I was fast. That was probably my if you kind of like the tool whole tool set for ballplayers. That's the one thing that. That I could do is I could run. And so, um, I just remember going to a workout at a high school. They invited me to a workout. And, um, we all ran and, um, I was, I, I think I put together a couple pretty good times around the 60, all that stuff. And so, um, and, um, didn't really hear much. They so got drafted. And, um, but I, it, w- it wasn't really that, that big of a temptation. Quite honestly, Jeff, I, I think if you've been to Pepperdine, you've maybe seen that campus and saw that environment a little bit. and uh, I mean, that was a late round draft pick out of high school, and I was smart enough to understand that getting drafted in the twenty sixth round isn't—that's going to be difficult and sure in front of me. And um, mom and dad always raised me um, about education is important. Dad was a police officer, mom was a teacher. Um, hey, man, it's, it's education is important. Get, get that done, and then then see where baseball can take you. And so, um, yeah, I—you know—it was—it was an honor. Sir, certainly get drafted out of high school, but I, I honestly I didn't really consider it too, too heavily um, when it when it happened. I was very, very appreciative and thanked him. But I said, hey man, I'm I'm going to go, I'm going to go to
0: college. Now, is that then you obviously went to college, you got drafted as a junior, came back for your senior year, and and you kept getting drafted higher, which is obviously um, says a lot about just the fact that you continued to get better in, in your development. Now, as a college coach. Is that an easier conversation for you to have with players if, if you have the the situation where you know a guy gets drafted out of high school but he's committed to come into your place and he's not a, obviously a top five rounder but if a guy would get drafted later in high school he's committed to come to your place or if a guy gets drafted as a junior kind of same as you in, in the in you know somewhere in the teens um, not not a not a super high round is that an easier conversation for you to have because you you went through that do you feel like that's an advantage for you when you're talking with players who might be in that situation now and in the future?
1: Yeah, I do. I do. I think that that's part of it is, um, um, you know, you're selling development, right? And you're selling the young man's ability to, to develop and get better and be more prepared, I think, to be a professional player. I think that's one of the, the toughest things is if I had signed out of high school, I, I wouldn't have. It would have been difficult, but it would have been a heck of a chore. Who, who knows how long it would have lasted? Just because I don't know that. At 18 years old, 17, 18, you have to mature, handle that environment. It's really competitive. You're on your own. Oh, there's so much that goes into it. Coming to college, obviously, is, is you just grow up. You know, you travel with a team and you play summer ball. And there's so many opportunities to mature and experience life. And that way, when you do get into pro ball, which which you should. I mean, if you're getting drafted in the 26th round, um, you know, you you pretty good chances you're going to, you're gonna get better, right? You gotta believe in yourself and you gotta trust yourself to get better and you're gonna go from a twenty sixth rounder to a fifteenth rounder to an eighth rounder, whatever it may be, and and those opportunities will still be in front of you. Now you gotta believe in yourself. I think a lot of times the young men that don't necessarily believe in themselves, they they sign right now because they're like, Hey, I'm doing it now. Um, in my case I I just I knew that I was gonna play professional baseball. I didn't I didn't really I wasn't really worried about the round. I, I knew it was gonna happen so um and that I just I just believed in myself. You know, I just, that, and I want to, that's what we preach to our kids and we get some of these guys to get drafted. It's like, hey, you gotta, you gotta trust us as a program to help you develop. But you also gotta believe in yourself. You gotta bet on yourself. You gotta believe that you're gonna come in this program or you're gonna get better. Not just for Grand Canyon, but, but all the universities. There's so much, it's, going to college is, is, is such a, such a, it outweighs the positives, such outweigh the negatives. I'm not trying, to, I mean, I, I was in player development for a long time. I get it. I understand that. I, and pro ball was my professional baseball experience was amazing, um, and I and I believe in professional baseball. But I do know that that the bottom line is you want to get to the big leagues, and, and what's going to help you prepare for the big leagues. And the, and the issue there is the percentage of guys that get to the big leagues is very very small, and so you you've, you got to you got to be well rounded. You got to have you got to have other things in place in their in their lives to help them. In, in case they made, I don't want to crush their dream. You know, we're going to develop them. We're going to help our guys get ready to, to play pro ball someday, hopefully. Um, but at the same time, we got we got to be realistic, right? And so, and getting the young men to understand that, you know. Um, but uh, but I do think, in my experiences and kind of what I've gone through, I, I do I do to your question, I do think it helps, Coach.
0: What was it, in your opinion, that got you? to the big leagues there's a i'm sure there were a lot of a lot of things that happened between when you got drafted and when you made your major debut there were uh six years in between there where you were kind of fighting through the minor leagues to make your way up was you know between talent perseverance belief in yourself that you've already mentioned um if you could point to maybe one or two things that you really believe got you there in the first place as someone who just you know uh Besides, besides, you know, I, I don't, uh, I'm not, you know, pretending that I watched you or scouted you in high school, but, you know, with someone who maybe didn't have any, any tools besides the, the run tool that were, that were totally off the charts, you not only got there, but you hung around for a long time. You had a, a, a pretty extended big league career. What do you think it was that got there, that, that got you there in the first place? If you could point to one or two things.
1: Well, um, I think that, uh, Number one, I was just—I was really passionate about the game. I, I didn't really have—I I got my degree from Pepperdine, and so I think that kind of freed me up to know that okay, that's there. But at the same time, um, I just—I think I, I made a tunnel vision or whatever it may be—I just I put the blinders on and just said I'm I'm going I'm going to play the big league someday. Now, um, it took—it was a lot of, obviously it took some time. It took six years to get there. Um, now, there's a couple factors. I, I was. You know, a guy like myself, I think you, you need some breaks. And, and one of the breaks I had was Buck Showalter. Because Buck Showalter was my manager for six of those minor league seasons. Buck Showalter, um, was a manager in three of them. And so, um, and so that's certainly, or two of them, sorry. And that's really helped because, because now he's now a young manager in big leagues. And so in two of those years we won, we won, we won rings. And so I was, you know, playing second base and leading off. And so I think Buck obviously trusted me and knew that, that I could play baseball a little bit. And so I think that helps um, a guy named Cleet Boyer, who's, who's no longer with us, He's a great Yankee, old-time Yankee. He was one of our roving instructors, and, and Cleet was in my corner. And so I had I had some um, Brian Butterfield, who's now um, the third base coach with the Anaheim Angels here in town here in Tempe. Um, during spring. So I, I was fortunate to have some guys that, uh, some sponsors, I guess, and that, that certainly helped. Um, but I think, as much as anything else, I just, I think I kind of learned my strengths as a player. And that's one thing that we try to get our guys to understand, kind of, who are you as a baseball player? And I knew that my ticket was my, I could run, um, um, and I could play defense. And I, and, and I knew I had to really become a great defender because, because I, I wasn't going to hit it's, you know, five nine one sixty five. I don't even know if I weighed that when I played. I wasn't gonna hit bombs. I wasn't gonna be this big run producer guy. I just, just you know, I worked out like a son of a gun to try to get stronger. But it just, it wasn't my my game, and my game had to be at that time. You know, they man now, now nobody bunts, but fortunately back then, you know, a player would be asked to bunt, and I would be asked to bunt and get a bunt down, would we'll run runner over, pinch run. You know, get a bag and come in and play, play short second or third, a really good defense. And so I think that's, that's what enabled me to keep moving. Um, and I was, you know, I was hitting, in the minor leagues, I was hitting between, uh, 270 and, and 280, right, you know, right around there. And so it wasn't like I was just getting, I was competitive with the plate. You know, I just wasn't, I don't strike out much at all. Um, I was a guy that was gonna, gonna foul balls off and just compete. And I know, that today's game, and I, and I so I don't even know in today's game the way they do it. I'm not even sure I would gotten out of A-ball, quite honestly. Um, um, you know, and so I, I think I was fortunate to play in a time and era where my skill set, what I could do on a baseball field, people thought was important. People thought they could help them win games, and, I, and that's what gave me an opportunity to, to keep playing. Um, but obviously the game's changing a bit. So, but I think just, I guess tenacity, just, just, just keep keep grinding it out, keep working, and, and then and then who I was, and I just felt like, hey man, if I'm, I'll, I gotta play great defense. If a ground ball is to me, that's they got. I gotta get them out. That's this is my ticket to stay here. And so I just really started really concentrating on, on being the best defender I could be.
0: Do you think that that's something that lacks in the game today in youth baseball because there's so much emphasis put on uh, showcase skills, which you know for defense it's. It's arm strength more than it is glove work, Uh, because obviously you you know to to label someone a a plus defender, you're going to have to see him play quite a bit. Even if someone's got really good hands, uh, you can see that in a showcase setting. But sometimes you see him playing a game, and they just they they have a tendency to kick the routine ball uh, more than you'd like them to. But that's that's something you kind of have to see a lot. But arm strength, obviously, one pop of the glove, and and you can see that, and and I think that's where a lot of emphasis is. Uh, for young players is to develop their showcase skills. When you're going out and recruiting and when your coaches are recruiting, um, it, it, do you feel like defense, a, a really good defender, is becoming more of a rarity? Or are there still a lot of those guys out there? Do you think enough kids realize and enough coaches that are coaching these kids realize that that's still a skill that really plays and it's going to have to be there for you to see time on the field? Or is that something that you feel like? kids lack a little bit and when they get into the program you're having to teach them to really be you know to use their tools use their skills their god-given abilities to be really good defenders at that level
1: yeah i think um i think that we've seen that kind of go away And i think but it's kind of cool to watch um some of the stuff on social media that you see now where 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 defense you know is, is the emphasis on, on on good glove work um Obviously, catching has become a big deal, and obviously, in, in the infield uh, as well. And so um, I think that's a, that's a huge positive. Uh, I think that'll – I think it's – you're right, though, that the, the showcase environment is, is just basically getting the cages and, and swing and, and let it rip and the, the numbers, all the data, and it's some, some amazing stuff that we're seeing. But at the end of the day, you know, our, our pitchers – got some guys that can, can run up there in the, in the 90s, but for the most part, college – College pitching staffs are eighty eight to 90, 91, 92 with a good sinker and a good changeup, and they're gonna get a lot of ground balls. And so um, and so if I'm gonna recruit a pitcher that's gonna sink the ball and throw down the zone, well, shame on me if, if I can't teach our influence to play ground ball, or, or fill or ground ball behind them. And so that's 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 an emphasis here in our program. And I know that a lot of ones that I've seen on you know, I don't know you know, the East Coast as well, but the ones that I've seen here, you know, on the West Coast, your Fullerton, your Irvine, Cal Poly, San Luis Obispo, um, Sac State in our conference plays great defense. Um, the ones that have really been able to, to secure the baseball, they and and and, and throw strikes, and they're, they're pretty competitive they, on, 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 a, on, on an everyday basis. And so, I think that's kind of the model that that we've been here in our program is is to, to be a great defending team as best we can um, and we we, we preach that pretty good you know I tell guys a lot of times you don't you don't want to be that guy that I take out of a game in the 8th inning um, because we're up by 3 runs and now I'm worried about defense you don't want to be that guy you know you want to be the guy that you start a game you want to finish a game um, because if I have to take I'll, I will I'll take care of the game late if I feel like you can't you can't play defense if we're, if we're leading you um, get a little wiggle room because you can swing the bat which is great but if we're up, um, I'm more concerned with, with defense at that time, anyways. So, um, so it's, they get it. They start to understand. I think there's going to be a little bit of a twist. And I, and I, you can use big league, watch the big leagues That's why it's hard to hit 300 in the big leagues because they're so, the influence is so good. You know, the shifts, it's even more difficult because they're, they're just kind of putting a bunch of guys in one little area that everybody's hitting the ball. So it's now more difficult. But, but that's one thing that I learned when I was coming up. It was like, man, big league infielders are, are so good now. When you're in the minors, you get a, you get a ball hard. You, that was a base hit. To so the big leagues, you get a ball hard, and the guy's throwing you out by, by two steps, and you're like, wow, it's a different game now. It speeds up. Everybody gets better.
0: I've thought that with uh, especially with guys that, you know, if you're talking about 80, 70, 80, 100 years ago, which seems like a long time ago, but that's when, like, you know, Ruth and And uh, like some of those big Yankees and and Ted Williams and those guys were hitting. I mean, even just the quality of the gloves were different. The think about how much better the infields are groomed, and the and the hops that guys are getting when they get to the ball. There's a lot of things have changed obviously for all that stuff. You know, for um, as far as batting averages go, and and guys hitting 300, guys hitting 400. A a lot of things have changed in that period of time. Uh, Coach, I want to ask you about just what you said about your own skill set in the, in the, in today's game you might not have gotten out a single a because people don't baseball doesn't value the things that you brought to the table at, at the time that you played as much they don't baseball doesn't value that stuff as much now um and i like to ask this question from time to time on these podcasts because i think that people that coach youth baseball sometimes can get uh Misinformation from Major League Baseball as far as what's important, right? So, so where, where you are, if, if you're talking to coaches of, of little league, you know, middle school baseball, high school baseball, any, any level of travel baseball, those players are being groomed to play for you next, not necessarily to go straight to the major leagues. At the college level, and I'm not just in your program, but in programs that you play against, programs from all over, you know, all over the country that you've competed against. Are, are the tools that maybe aren't as valued so much in the major leagues, are those tools still valued in college baseball? And I'm asking that to, to know and to hear from your mouth whether or not coaches of youth baseball should still be teaching those same type of skills, such as you know, running the bases, the value of stolen bases, the value of defense. Um, you know, being able to hit the ball to all fields, not just being able to hit everything in the air to the pull side. You know, hitting for a higher average, which in today's game in the major leagues is uh, probably not as valued as as much as it was in in most of the rest of the history of baseball. You know, power is really valued in today's game more than anything else on the offensive side of things. But, but in your opinion, does the college game really reflect more of what? baseball has historically valued again those those kind of tools that I've mentioned and the tools that played well for you and got you to the big leagues. Do those tools still play and are, are valued uh in today's college game? Um yeah, yeah, I believe
1: so. I think that's that's a huge emphasis for, for us. I and mean, I, here's a question we get all the time, or well, I get I speak for myself, like, hey coach, what are you, what are you looking for? You know, like, hey, you looking for shortstop, second, third corner? Intro, intro, no, I I'm looking for baseball players, man. I, I just want guys that they love the game, they understand the game, that are great, great teammates, that are passionate, got great energy, um, that just bring it every day. And so I, um and I, I'll give you an example. I, I saw Nick Madrigal, right? We all know who he is. Chicago White Sox is in the big leagues now. He's going to be a big leader for a long time. The little guy. And I coached him. 18 u team that went to La Paz and won a gold medal. And the, the Nick's a great defender. He's a great base runner. But he's is, is a great baseball player. And I remember watching him as runner on a second base and had no outs. And as, as the staff, we're talking about, hey, no, we're on second base, no outs. Let's move the runner over. Right? We got, we're got playing good baseball. We're going to we're gonna move him over, and then we're going to get him in. And he, he did a push punt. Um, um, this is just in the trials. This is just to make the team. And a nice little push bunt, you know, past the pitcher, and it turns into a base hit. So now we got first and third, um, you know, no outs, and he steals a bag, and and, and like and that's a baseball player. That's that. I don't understand how that that skill couldn't be valued or wouldn't be valued. I mean, ever. Um, but and so certainly in our game, um, in this college game that we're trying to teach, it has to be valued. Just because I don't have, I don't have a bunch of the big hairy guys that are going to hit you know 20 homers in the season right not many do with this BB Corbat that we're using now and it's just it's not easy to it's not easy to do I've got three or four typically nice hitters in the lineup and then after that you know I've, I've got people my pro friends are like hey why do you guys bunt because if I bunt if I don't bunt him the guy will probably pop up I love him, but he's hitting the fucking <laughs> the eight. You know, in pro ball, you guys all have—they all had. I coached pro ball. I managed pro ball. I did it for a long time. Everybody that plays in, in professional baseball, they're all the best of the best. They were the best high school player. They're the best college player. So I get it. Let them get. It. But in our game, I don't. I have I have wonderful young men, but some of them, some of them are going to play professional baseball. But quite honestly, most of them are not, and so. I need to, I need to, we need to put a, put a offensive philosophy together that's going to help us produce runs. And so sometimes the best opportunity for us is, is, is to have a guy bunt. Because like I said, if I, if I don't bunt him, I know what a guy'll do. He'll pop up or hit in a double play. Why? Because I've seen it. I'm at practice every day. You're not, you know? And so, so that's the part that, that I think sometimes we, we lose. Some people can lose on college baseball. Um, now if I got a great three hole hitter, Right, we had a kid named Chad Delagara here a couple of years ago. Um, he's with the Red Sox. He's been in Triple A for a couple of years. He's, he's, he's a great hitter. I said, Chad, if you ever see me give you the sack bunt sign, step out because I didn't. I didn't. You will not sack bunt. Now I'm not. He's my best hitter. Yes, he's not sacrifice bunting, but my eight nine old hitter who were combined batting average is, is two twenty. And then yeah, I'm probably going to have him bunt because I don't. You know they just they don't handle the bat as well, and so. That's the part that I think gets lost in the whole translation of of the pro ball versus the college ball. Is I think as a manager, you got to know your skill set, know your team, right, and understand what's going to help you um, that that player be as productive as as a as a player as he can for the team, right? And so, um, but I I value it. You know, I I we worked on getting runners over. Um, we at practice and in games, and you know, been on second base in your squad, and, and you know we're going to move a runner over. And if a guy if a guy pulls the ball down third baseline, then I then I know that one of two things: either he can't move a runner over, or he's not trying. And I tell him either one is either one's bad, fellas. It's not a good thing, right? So get blown up, get jammed, move a runner over. Um, and that's just that's just the way that that I I believe that that we have to do it at our level now. In the big leagues, yeah, if you got the runner second base, no outs, and you've got your three, four, and five hitter up, they're, they're paid to drive in runs. Okay, I got it. Drive, everybody, drive them in. Everybody take a shot at driving them. But where we're at, you know, I don't know that there's that many high school programs out there that have great, great, a lineup one through nine that, that can all, you know, all hit 400, you know, so I think the manager, the head coach has got to, got to figure out what's, what's the best philosophy or strategy at that moment for his team.
0: And that's one area coach where I believe that that youth baseball doesn't do a very good job of developing guys for what's next because the guy that's hitting 220 in your lineup is a freaking stud when he's 14, 15, 16, 17, 18 years old he's a stud. He's the best player on his team, but he he might gonna go to college, and maybe maybe it's only as a freshman year. Maybe maybe he gets to be a much better player later. But as a freshman, he's playing and he's hitting two twenty, and sometimes he's gonna be asked to move a runner or sack bunt, and if he hasn't done that a lot, if he hasn't learned to do that. To where he's confident doing it, he's not going to be successful for you. And like you mentioned earlier, if he doesn't have these skill sets that you need him to have in these very specific situations, whether it's playing defense or whether it's moving a guy, he's going to come out of the game, and somebody else is going to have a chance to do it.
1: That's correct. Yeah. No, I think you're you're right. And I think part of it is is you know the the, the young the the youth baseball coaches they're they're watching MLB stuff and they're watching all these <clears throat> poppers and. Okay, I wanna, I wanna have a team of nine guys that go up there and do that, but, you know, let's, let's be realistic too. You know, let's just, just, why not put your kid in a position where he does get a bunt down, and he comes back in the dugout, and he's excited, and he feels good, because everybody's giving him knuckles, because he did his job. That, that is value, right? That is value to that young man's mind, and his, he feels good about himself. Now he goes out and plays defense, he makes some nice plays, um, and so that, that's a big component, part of it too, is, you know, selling it's it's a team game. It's about the team, and, and unfortunately, in in today's showcase mentality, you know, it's show up, throw a couple innings, and, and and then go down the line and, and go run, and then the game's over, and, and fly back home, right? Or just come and get my hits, and I don't care whether we won or lost. Um, doesn't matter to me. I got my hits. I got a good. I did. I perform well. Um, I think that's where we lose a little bit of of team baseball as well is, is we're kind of breeding this 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 baseball um, individualism in, in what we're what we provide for our, our young athletes and ball players and so we kind of lose touch of of hey man what kind of do you love being around the team do you love being a team you love being in the dugout are you, are, you, are you how do you handle failure right all of those things that that we know we're going to fail in the game of baseball we need to find guys that are really unselfish and um you know and and just want to be a part of a team you know, more than anything
0: else, the unselfishness is I'm glad you brought that part up because I think that's a big part of coaching youth baseball as well is just i think a big part of baseball in general is learning to be unselfish and and put the team before yourself and uh and I think you have to put kids in positions to do those things for people for kids to be able to learn those lessons um coach, I want to ask you just about you, you talked about I want to just go back a little bit you talked about recruiting players and just recruiting great baseball players. People ask you, what are you looking for here? Are you looking for this tool, that tool, guys that play these positions. You say, no, just I'm looking for great baseball players. Um, and you, and you gave some examples of what you mean by that. How do you gauge some of these things when you're out recruiting or, or again, when, when you're kind of talking to your, the recruiters, the, the guys that do a lot of the recruiting on your, on your coaching staff, how do you gauge things like passion uh, you know, love of the game, a, a knowledge of the game, unselfishness that you want to see. Because you, you, a lot of times you're only seeing these kids play a couple of times before you're having to make a decision on them. Sometimes because another school calls and says, hey, we want you, we, you know, maybe you hear from the kid that, hey, such and such a school just offered me. Uh, I'm really interested in them. And, and you might have to kind of make a decision whether or not you're going to offer a kid right there. Because if you don't, you might lose out on them. How do you gauge some of these things in the world of travel baseball, where winning is not necessarily that important? Well, it's hard, Jeff. It's, it's, it's probably one of the most difficult
1: tasks we can, like you said, we can. I can put a stopwatch on the kid running down the line, and he runs a four-two or four-three or four-eight, and so you, right? You can watch his arm across the diamond, so you you can see those. The intangibles are tough because like you said, and even tougher now because we're basically watching video and, I, and I, you got all these these young men that are that are committing to schools you know, that are and they're just they're freshmen they're sophomores and I'm not saying it's a bad thing I'm saying that's just the way it's it's, it's going um, and so um, so now it's even more difficult right, to try to so you got trust you got to trust the coaches the high school coaches you got to trust the club coaches you gotta have a relationship you got to build a relationship you got to um, you got to um, and make sure they know what's important to your program, what you're looking for. Um, but when we can get out, you know, you, you watch them in the dugout. You watch them. Um, you watch them when on and off the field. Are they hustling on off the field? Are they are they dragging? Or are they uh, um, you know they strike out? Are they go on the corner, throw their bat, they just sit in the corner by themselves? Um, or do they you know hey do they wear it like a man and get back up on the rail and and, and still can continue to be a, a good a good teammate and so. All of those things that you you watch, right? You try to kind of, especially when you're locking in on on a young man, and you just trying to find out, just get some, get a feel for for what he's about. You know what's what's important to him, um, and that's 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 one of the toughest parts, I think, in recruiting is because sometimes you get fooled. Quite honestly, you get you get told one thing, and and you like the player, and you want to believe what the coach told you, and so you recruit him, you bring him in, and then you find out, ooh this guy's pretty selfish. This guy's, this guy's all about himself. Um, and so it's just, and then you try, you try to say, this is what our program's about. And, um, this is what we're going to try to do here. So we want you to do. Are you going to buy in? Are you willing to buy in? Um, and sometimes guys aren't, right? And, and hopefully most times guys are willing to jump on the train and, and do it right. But um, but it's, it's not easy. But you just try as best you can to, to yeah, you know, Call scouts. Call people. Call everybody you can to try to get as much information as you can.
0: And sometimes the kids, change. I don't know if you've seen this, but I, I've definitely seen it with guys that I've recruited in the past. When, when they are, when they are the best player on on the team, and they are used to sort of being the guy, um, then it's easier for them to be a teammate. Then they come to a they get to college, and they're not they realize they're not the number 1 guy. You know as a freshman they might be behind a guy or two at their position and and realizing that and dealing with not playing for the first time and all of a sudden the player that has always been a good team player is now selfish because all we can think about is that he's not playing and that can be difficult for guys as well. Um how do you go about having conversations with guys I'm assuming you've had guys that have been in that position before. What what conversation coach do you typically have because you you've just you've had so much experience from so many different levels of baseball as a player, as a coach. Uh what kind of knowledge are you trying to bring to a kid that's in that situation? Let's call them kids here, because they are in a lot of positions. They're they're 18, 19 years old in college for the first time, and maybe for the first time ever, they're not starting. They're not the guy. They're having to figure out what the heck to do. <laughs> what is, you know, I'm on the bench? Like, what is, what is going on here? What, what's, what conversation are you having with guys who might be in that position for the first time?
1: Well, I, I think it's just being honest. I mean, I think, uh, it's, uh, and I, I tell them all the time, I've been recruiting I really, um, a up front with them and say, listen, I, I'm not, I'm recruiting you and, and um, you're on athletics scholarship, you're on aid, um, but that doesn't mean you play, you know, um, and if you come on no money, that doesn't mean you don't play. It's just like, hey, here's, here's, here's one of the, one of the beauties of coaching college baseball versus being a professional manager, right? Um, is, is we get to call, I get to put a lab together, the one that I feel is, is the best one myself and our coaching staff sit down and, and we, we talk about, about our lineup and what's going to help us now in pro ball, it's a little bit different. You know, I remember managing in pro ball, and I remember one time I took a prospect catcher out. I pinch hit for him um, when I was in Staten Island, and uh, he was really struggling. And um, he was having a bad run. You know, one of those bad slumps, one for like 25, 26. and so I pinch hit for him. And I got a I got a phone call the next morning after turning the report in on the night before and. My farm director said, Hey, I see you pinch it for so and so. I said, Yeah, man. He's scuffling. He goes, That's fine. That's fine. Just don't ever do it again. (laughs) 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 It's like, okay. (laughs) I'm like, All right. He needed a blow. He needed a blow in a bad way. He needed, he needed two days off is what he needed, but it it didn't matter. I get he's a prospect. They, you know, in that, in that environment, it's about player development. It's about you, you play those kids, right? You know, and so here, um, I don't, I don't have to play. I tell guys all the time, I don't. Hey, man, whoever whoever plays up there deserves to play. Hey, that's it. I'm not. I don't have. any I don't care if you're on a big scholarship, no scholarship. If you if you deserve to play, you'll play. And so, so I think that's part of the part of the discussion to start out with. It's like you know, my, my freshman year at Pepperdine, I played left field. I tell, and I share with these guys all the time, I'm like, hey, I, I was one of the best middle infielders in the state of california and in my freshman year i played left field so so stop it if you think that that, that you're going to come in here and 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 hey i'm i'm going to be the starting shortstop i said well you may be but you may not be that's up to you guys you go on the field and prove just you guys go prove who just needs to be playing shortstop or second or third whatever it may be um and i think creating versatility too is a good thing and so you say hey man i've got a couple older kids here um um, that have proven that they're a nice player at this position, then okay, we're going to put you at a different position for right now, right? And then when he graduates or signs, then you move into that spot, right? And so I think I think all those conversations need to take place as well, and I think you just got to communicate with them. And if you find out really quickly, you know who's who's okay with it. Most of our guys are. I think most college coaches would tell you most of the players get it. You know, um, they understand their their role and just want to be a part of it you know, they know their time will come you know and so um but um yeah at the end of the day we're we're gonna play whoever we feel is gonna deserves to be on the field um and so i think that's just i think you just gotta be have an open conversation about it with them i think they'll they
0: understand it pretty well so a guy that played middle infield in the big leagues for seven years played left field as a freshman of college who in the world played middle infield for pepperdine that year well, there were seniors, right? There were just, there was, the <laughs> was all, all seniors, right? It was senior third, senior
1: short, senior second, senior first. And so I got it. I was like, okay. And I remember a coach said to me, hey, we played, we played the outfield. And I actually, in high school, I did my sophomore year in high school at St. Paul, for the same reason. Shortstop, second baseman were both seniors, and, and coach wanted to get me in the lineup. And so I played out in left field. And so, so then I got to Pepperdine. Coach says, "Hey, you ever played left field?" I said, "Yeah, I played it in high school, but I'm good." Let's go, no worries, right? <laughs> so, um, so I didn't care. I didn't. I didn't it doesn't. Didn't matter. I mean, it didn't. You know, I think that's everybody wants to be the shortstop or the center fielder. Well, guess what? There's only two of them on the field, and maybe you're not good enough right now. Maybe you'll never be good enough. You know, um, but come on in here, and we'll we'll train you and help you become the best infielder you can become. Um, but there's other guys that are coming too. And so, so that's, that's, that's called competition, man. That's called life, right? This is, that's a part of our job here, too, is, and, and, um, is to help these guys grow up, help them understand how life works, you know? This is how it is, man. You don't, you don't, you don't go to your boss at UPS and ask him for a, a bonus if you haven't done your work, right? Um, hey, I, my, I tell guys all the time, he, you gotta work, man. You got you gotta, everything you get has to be earned. We're not, this is no free rides in life. So, don't, I'm part of my job is to train you that this is no free ride here either. I don't care if you're on scholarship. I've had plenty of guys that we leave on, we, we get on a bus, and they're on seventy percent scholarship, and for three straight weekends they're on a bus. And a lot of guys that took their job or guys on no money. Well, that's their fault. That's not my fault. They, that's that's up to them. They, you want to you want to be a travel guy. You want to be an everyday player. Then then you gotta you gotta earn it, man. And so um, that's just the way. That that we've got to go about it, and I think the guys, the time that might frustrate them, but I think though once they graduate and leave, they understand when they get out in the real world, right, and and they got to make money for their families and and, and, and want to buy a home, all that real world stuff. Well, then they realize that, that they got to, they got to be the best salesman, right? And they got to, they got to be the best at what they're doing. They got a boss that they got to show that, that they're the best, and, and they need. They
0: deserve what what, what they're going to get so um that's kind of our been our approach <laughs> that's awesome you got me fired up right now um uh, just from from hearing that and I, there's just so much of that is true and it's not easy to hear sometimes when you're on the receiving end of those things and and the moving positions thing is a really interesting conversation that i think a lot of people a lot of baseball players have to have at some point in their positions or at some point in their careers whether it's you know, you first get somewhere, whether it's college or a certain level of the minor leagues or a high school team or whatever, and and there are already people that are pretty good in your position. You might be a little bit better than them, but, you know, while they're there, they're going to stay there, and you're going to play somewhere else, and you've got to be okay with that. Uh, or whether it's later in your career and somebody's better than you, but you still have a chance to stay in the lineup. You might have to move somewhere else, but you still have a chance to play. Um I just think there's a, lot of, there's a lot of a great wisdom there uh, coming from a guy who's been in a lot of different places. Coach, one last question I want to ask you if you have time before I let you go. Sure. Do you have time for one more question?
1: Absolutely, yes.
0: Okay. I, I just want to ask, you're, you're such a passionate guy about so many things, and you've had an opportunity to do a lot of different things. Um after your playing career, you 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 were you're were a minor league manager. You were a scout. Then you went to try it out in college as an assistant coach. Then you went back to be a minor league coordinator. Then back to being a college coach. Can I just ask you what ultimately landed you in the college game? Why you've now stayed in the college game as a pro as opposed to staying in the pro game? I'm am I'm curious as to why this is the route you decided to take as a coach. Um,
1: great question, Jeff. I, I think at the end of the day, man. I, I love I love what I do because of the players, um, because of the students. Um, and obviously, I'm at a great university that is growing, and I've um, got great administration here that that has really helped us grow um, our program and every athletic program here. So a lot of huge pluses here at GCU, but the, the biggest is the, is the student athletes. In um, and, and pro ball, and I love pro ball. Um, and pro ball is about player development, right? It's just about hey, I, I, we're going to develop these guys to. Better, right, hopefully make to the big leagues, or or gets so good that we can trade them to get the big league player that we need to win a World Series. And so, so the, I get that. And, and so you're you're around those young men, and um, and then they're traded or they're released or they're or they're sent up, they're called down. And there's a lot of there's a lot of moving parts here. If I get a young man as a freshman. Hopefully, I got I got three four years with him. Right. And so, um, I think it's just a, it's a great environment to invest in them and help them grow and, and graduate, you know. And, and alumni game is, is one of my favorite days because everybody comes back and, um, I can see everybody and they're, they're, they're men now and some of them now are married and have children and, um, that's cool, man. It's just a, it's a, it's a great environment, um, to be in. It really is. I, I'm, I'm the luckiest man in the world. and I'm, I'm blessed. Like, I, I i get to come here and my office i look to look out the window and i see i see batting cages and i see a, a turf half field and then i see a stadium i mean come on it, it done it done, can't get any better right and so um i'm gonna do something pretty cool and the school is actually paying me to do it man i I, I, I can't believe it so um so it's all good i i love professional baseball i i'd love I love watching a lot of my friends that are coaching now and managing now. Tor Lavelle, the manager of the Diamondbacks, we played together, and so I love talking to him. I love what they're doing. Mike Fetters is was my teammate at Pepperdine. He's now the bullpen coach over there with the Diamondbacks, and so we keep in touch. and um, I love the game, um, all parts of it. You just feel like the college game is just kind of hit hit, hit home with me, and I man, I'm, I'm having time my life.
0: What an awesome perspective, and uh, I just appreciate everything that you share with us today. This is Andy Stankiewicz. He's currently the head coach at Grand Canyon University Division I School in Arizona. Uh, Former big leaguer. He's done a lot of great things in his career and so much wisdom to share with us. Uh, There are a lot of areas we didn't even get into today, so Coach, maybe we can talk about having you on again at some point in the future, but this was uh, tremendously enjoyable for me. I want to thank you personally for the time and all the uh, the wisdom that you shared with us and, and just certainly appreciate you taking time to be on this podcast with us today.
1: Well, Jeff, thank you, and I want to thank you for, for what you're doing, figure, figure it out, baseball. It's funny. Um, I love the three of those words, Figured. out. I tell you guys all the time, but my three favorite words are figured out. <laughs> like when I'm, I'm struggling with them, I'm like, hey, man, just figure it out. Will you? Just figure it out, right? And so... Um, <laughs> It's, it's, all, it's, all, it's all good, man. But I love what you're doing. I'm sure the baseball community does as well. So um, I, I got your website. I see you got a lot of good videos there. Um, I'm going to jump on. I jump on them all the time to see if I can. This old, this old dog can learn some new tricks. And So um, I'm right there with you, man. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Coach. Good luck to you.